What's up, New Numa Godcast family? I just wanted to come here today with another show because, you know, it's been a minute since I've been doing these podcasts. I took a break for the summer and, you know, I wanted to get back into it. You know, it's been a lot of transition going on in my life and it's been good stuff, been a lot of good things. Now, before we get into the video today, first of all, I want to make sure that you like, subscribe, and that you also share this video. Now, if you have anything, any comments you want to make as well, then make those below because obviously I'm open to hear what you have to say. Now, <clears throat> and this is going out to not only my audio podcast listeners, but also to the YouTube channel uh, listeners. So I just wanted to make sure that I included them today and, and make it very clear that they are definitely part of what we're doing, what I'm doing here. So with that being said, let's get into it. You know, a lot of times people, they, especially these days, I don't know why, but a lot of times people feel like they could just get stuff without any type of preparation or without paying a price to get it. And one of the things that you'll find throughout scripture is that people always had to pay a price to get to where they were going. Today's topic is basically going to be, you know, um, did you pay the price? Another title I was messing around with was you don't deserve what you haven't paid the price to receive. And this is going to hurt some people's feelings, I'm sure. Some people think that all they got to do is so-called be a believer and then they're just going to get everything handed to them. That the Lord is just going to say, here you go. You're my son. You're my daughter. Here, just take everything you want. Like they act like God is a genie, like he's an ATM machine. You know, one thing that parents learn with their children is that they have to teach them that they are not an ATM to their children. That they are not something that they can just come up and rub on the, you know, rub on the side and say, all right, these are my three wishes. And then they just get whatever it is that they're looking for. The fact of the matter is, everybody has to pay a price to receive whatever it is that they get from the Lord. You know, there's a scripture that says that um, it says, buy wisdom and sell it not. Then there's another scripture where we um, see where David, he was um, he was doing something for the for the temple, and he said something about I will not give something that did not cost me something. He had to feel it. He wanted to make sure he felt that thing that he was about to give. He didn't want anybody else to so-called finance, you know, the temple or whatever. He was like, I'm going to finance this and I'm going to do it in such a way that there's no way that a person can ever doubt that I paid a price to get to this point. That I paid the price to make sure that this temple was going to be all the things that I have desired for it to be for the Lord. You know, a lot of people, you know, they talk about the fact that, you know, Solomon finished the temple, but. They don't really focus on the fact that there was a price to pay for the temple to even be started. And this is one thing that I'm finding with kids these days. 
kids, and when I say kids, I'm talking about basically anybody 25 and under. They seem to be so, uh, they have this entitled mindset mentality where they think that everything that they want is supposed to just be given to them. They think that they're just supposed to get it because they desire to have it. Not realizing that everything costs. There's a price to pay for everything. The price is not always money. But there is a price. And so, you know, even when it talks about buying wisdom, you know, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm not saying this is not included or that this cannot be what God was talking about. But I've heard a lot of false prophets, fake ministers of the gospel who said, Buying the wisdom is buying their books. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that that can't be included, but, you know, specifically false prophets, they want to sell you everything so that they could just, you know, make money. False prophets are all about making money, period. And I'm going to tell you, be leery of people that all they do is do everything to make some kind of profit. You know, um, there's a scripture that many times is often misused that uh, where Jesus was speaking, he said something about freely give, freely you have received. Freely you have received, freely give. So when he was talking about these things, he was talking to the apostles, number one. And when he was talking to them and saying these things, he wasn't saying it like, you know, give everything away for free. What he was saying is there are certain things that I have given you, but these are not things for you to be selling to somebody. They are things that you give freely. You give them because they were given to you. They are a gift to you, and that gift is for you to give to others. This could be the gift, you know, laying on of hands. Uh, well, not just the laying on hands, but the fact that you lay hands on someone and they are healed. You know, um, they they were crippled, but now they can walk. They were blind, but now they can see. That shouldn't be something that you as a minister of the gospel are selling to anybody. If you ever hear a person say something along those lines that they are selling it, that they are, you, you have to pay them money to get that thing, run away immediately. Don't waste any more time. I'm telling you what I know. I've dealt with people like this in the past. I have been through some of these types of scenarios. These I made certain mistakes in the past when it came to trusting that someone was a real man or woman of God. I learned the hard way in many cases about those situations. But the point is, is that, you know, there is, yes, there is a level of, you know, um, paying uh, or not paying. That's not what I want to say. There is a level at which you got to know that certain people, when they're living, they're making a living by just ministering the gospel. That's all they do. Then they, they are just like the Levites who all they did was temple work. 
and they had provision through the temple the 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 offerings that were given and all that kind of stuff they partook of those offerings that were put into the temple because that's all they did was work in the temple they did not work a regular job so my point is this if a man or woman is living off of the gospel because all they do is full-time ministry i don't mean because you know there's some of us who do we call it full-time ministry but we also are working a full-time job and i'm talking about you got the secular full-time job but you also do ministry full-time essentially and <clears throat> so for those of us who are uh working a regular job while we're also doing ministry work we are an exception in that sense but even with that you know the bible says the workman is worth his meat or worth his hire rather and um i just want to point that out i'm gonna pull up <clears throat> i'm gonna pull up this scripture because this is very much relevant to what we're talking about right now and uh let's see so one of the scriptures says don't muzzle don't muzzle the ox that treads out the corn that's found in corinthians and um one of the things you need to understand about scriptures like that is breaking down a a principle of certain things that you know when it comes to dealing with women and men of god that are living off of the gospel this is something that we need to bear in mind so uh i'm gonna read this is first corinthians chapter nine i'm gonna start at verse five and well i'll start at verse four it says have we not power to eat and to drink have we not power to lead about a sister a wife as well as other apostles and as the brothers of the lord and cephas cephas is another name for peter or only or i only and barnabas have not we power to forbear working who goes a warfare any any uh time at his own charges who plants a vineyard and eats not of the fruit thereof or who feeds a flock and eats not of the milk of the flock say i these things as a man or say say not the law the same also for for it is written in the law of moses thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treads out the corn does god take care for oxen or says he it all together for our sakes for our sakes no doubt this is written that he that plows should plow in hope and that he that threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope if we have sown unto you spiritual things is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things if others be partakers of this power over you are not we rather nevertheless we have not used this power but suffer all things lest we should hinder the gospel of christ now i want to read this in another version 
I'm going to read this in easy English. So, we're starting at verse 4 again. It is right that people give food and give and drink to me for my work. It is right for each of us special workers to have a Christian wife. And it is right if we take our wives with us. We can take them with us to all the places where we go. The other men whom the Lord has sent take their wives with them. So do the Lord's brothers and Peter. Barnabas and I seem to be the only ones who must work with our hands. Think about these examples, which are certainly true. A soldier never has to pay for his own food and clothes. A farmer will eat some of the fruit from the bushes that he has planted. A person who works with cows or sheep or goats will drink some of the milk from those animals. I am not only saying that what a man would say. The rules that God gave say the same thing. God told Moses that he should write down these rules. And they say this. Your ox, which is a strong male cow, works for you. It walks on your plant so that the, the seeds come out. Do not tie its mouth shut while it works. It is right for the ox to eat some of the seeds itself. God is not telling us only about oxen or cows that work. No, certainly he is speaking about us. God told Moses that he should write these words down. That was because God wanted to help us. A man plows the field so that he can plant seeds. He is like us. The man who threshes the plants from the fields is like us too. Both of them hope to enjoy some of the food that is grown in the fields. We have planted spiritual things in you so you can give to us the food and clothes that we need. That is not wrong. And that should not be too much for you to do. So, this is, uh, this is, this is all I'm going to uh, read from that particular passage. That was all the way down to verse 11. So, here's the point. The point is, is that we all have uh, some kind of work that we do, and we all expect to get paid for that work. If I, as a minister of the gospel and working in the gospel, I should be paid from the gospel. That should not be something strange. That should not even be something odd to anyone. That should be normal. It is normal as far as God is concerned, but it seems as though as far as some people are concerned, they don't understand that. But getting back to the original point, this is part of the price that is paid. A man or woman of God paid a price to get the knowledge that they have, to get the anointing that they have. And as part of that, getting that anointing and that knowledge and those things, there was pain, heartache, suffering along the way. And all those things are representative of the ingredients of the anointing, the anointing of the apothecary, according to the apothecary. How, how it reads in the King James Version. So I want to look that up real quick because I want you to see I want you to see this. And this is found in Exodus chapter 30 and 
I'm going to start at verse 22. Moreover, the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices, of pure myrrh five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon half so much, even two hundred and fifty shekels, and of sweet calamus two hundred and fifty shekels, and of cassia five hundred shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of olive oil and hen. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy anointing oil. Now, I just want to say this. These principal spices and things like that that are mentioned here are representative of something. Uh, now, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I I don't remember if it was the cassia or if it was the calamus, but I have a feeling it's probably the calamus. But one of these is an ingredient that had to be stripped from whatever it was on. It had to be stripped, and that is a symbolic thing of what God does to men and women of God as they are being developed into who they're going to become. There is a stripping that occurs and they get stripped of the old things and they get the new thing that God has for them. But the stripping of the old thing is the price that they pay. That stripping could be stripping of friends, family, jobs, money, what we call security, all those kind of things. Things that could have distracted us, could have caused us to get off the path of our relationship with the Lord, things that could have derailed our destiny. And the point is, is that we have to all go through a stripping process when it comes to that. Yes, and that includes you. You have to go through a stripping process. When you're being prepared for what the Lord has for you, you have to go through a stripping process. But when you look at these, uh, when you look at these ingredients, myrrh is bitter. Sweet cinnamon, half so much as the myrrh, is saying sweet cinnamon, but cinnamon is kind of bittersweet. It's not really sweet, but it's not bitter. So it's in between. Then it says, a sweet calamus. So calamus is sweet, obviously. 250 shekels. Now, I just want to point out the amount. And a cassia, 500 shekels. And then you put this in a hen of olive oil. Now, why is this so, um, you know, important? Because it said 500 is bitter, 250 is cinnamon, which is half bitter, half sweet. And then there's 250 of sweet calamus. And then 500 shekels of cassia. Here's the point. Most of this stuff, excuse me, is uh, bitter. 
most of it. There is a portion that is sweet, but most of this is bitter. This is a symbolic mixture showing how God develops the anointing in our lives. Most of what we'll go through to develop that anointing is going to be bitter. It is not going to be sweet. It's not going to be pleasant. It's not going to be something that you desire or want. It is going to be what we'll essentially call a necessity. That's what we're going to call it, a necessity. You have to go through this to get to the next level. You have to experience this to be able to um, experience the next thing that the Lord has for you. It doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen um, by you just snapping your fingers and it just appears. There's a process to it all. And we all have to know that that process is going to require our commitment. We have to be committed to the process. So, um, one of the things that I've seen with a lot of people, and I'm going to say like this, there's a disturbing amount of young people who are caught up in music videos that promote um and i'm a, i'm trying to think how to say this okay so there's a lot of music videos specifically hip-hop i'm not saying they don't do it in other genres but i know specifically they do it in hip-hop where they will you know brag about how much money they make how much money they spend how much money they just waste throwing it into fires and burning it up and all this kind of nonsense and then not only do they do that, but then they'll make fun of people that are not making money like them, that are not rich or wealthy or whatever, well off. And they'll make that person feel bad for not being like them. They will make them feel bad for their poverty or whatever, meaning, okay, it's one thing to say, you know, if you say something like, you know, you might be in poverty now, but you can be like me and you can have these things. And God will bless you. God will open up doors for you or whatever. And I'm going to say like this. We even need to be careful about when we say stuff like that. Because just because you got the blessing that you got doesn't mean everybody can get that blessing. First of all, because everybody's calling does not require it. Number two, because God didn't say that. <laughs> and really... We could say that is number one. God didn't say that in his word that just because I got something, you can get it too. We see that in the story of the talents. So if that's true in the story of the talents where God gave one man one, another man four or five rather, and another man two. Come on, man. I mean, we're seeing right there <clears throat> that talents um or things that god gave he does not give them equally but he gives them justly according to what we can handle what we can uh deal with some might say because I, I can hear this now some might say okay well if god said i can only handle this that means he only made me to be able to handle that so how is that fair? 
Well, again, I never said God was fair. I said he's just. He never said he's fair. He said he is just. Like the word of God tells us, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have to bear in mind that God's way of looking at things as far as, you know, what we deserve, so so to speak, or what we can handle or whatever, is very different from ours. It's very different from our perspective. So we need to realize that when it comes to the Lord, he has certain expectations of certain people and he will give them certain things according to what they can handle according to what they have been prepared to handle. So with that being said, uh, if you have paid the price and that price allows you to handle having a certain thing, then you can say you can have that. Then you can claim that thing. Until that happens, until the Lord takes you through the process of the stripping, of the bitter situations, of the sometimes sweet situations, and that combination is comes to full fruition in your life to where you can have an anointing on you, a strong anointing, then that's when you can expect certain things in your life. But until that happens, you cannot expect that. You should not expect it. But again, going back to what I said earlier, there's a lot of people that act entitled. And I'm going to tell you, one of the pandemics, epidemics, however you want to say it, that we're faced with in this world right now is that in the West, a lot of these women feel like they can have, I'm going to call it their cake and eat it too. And I'm going to say it that way because I've heard so many women, they talk about, they want a man that can handle all the finances, financial stuff for their household and this, that, and the third. And I'm talking about with her and his life, that he could pay all the bills, essentially what she's saying. He could pay all the bills and um, he's spending most of his money, if not all of it. And then they only spend a, a, a portion of their money, if any. First of all, if you're not spending your money on something as a woman, what in the world are you making money for? To just keep it and save it and not use it for anything else? You're not even using it for your family, for your kids, whatever. You're just going to just keep it stored away so you can stack up money while this man that you married is spending all his money for the whole family to stay alive, stay afloat and all that. That's what the mindset of a lot of these women are, or is rather. And I'm mainly talking about women who follow the feminist mindset. Yes, I said it. They're following the feminist mindset. And, you know, there's a woman um, who said it really well. I saw this quote the other day. I'm going to look for it real quick. I don't want to mess it up. That's why I'm looking it up because I know I know basically what they said, but I want to read it word for word. I like for I like to make when I say stuff like this, 
I want to say it exactly how the person who who said it said it. I don't want to make up my own way of saying it. Okay, so there's uh this is one other quote that I did see as well. But uh this is not the one I'm talking about though. I don't want to give you that one. I got you. You got to hear this. This is such a powerful quote that I saw the other day. I had to read it. Okay. And this is coming from the mouth of a woman. And it says, I'm starting to understand. <laughs> Just listen to that word. Understand. I'm starting to understand that feminism is less about being equal to men and more about getting out of all your responsibilities as a woman. There's nothing feminine about feminism like at all. That says it all right there. Now, there's another quote I did want to share, but uh, I'm going to save that one. I think, I don't know if that one will be relevant to what we're talking about right now. I did want to say it because it's just like, it's so good. But um, for right now, I'll just leave it out. So anyway, here's the thing. These people who have had this entitled mindset, they need to stop it. <laughs> That's the bottom line. They need to stop it and they need to stop acting entitled, period. There's no way around it. They need to stop acting entitled. And they need to really humble themselves. When I hear these women talk that have this mindset, they sound so prideful and arrogant. And they sound like what they claim that uh, men have been like, or like they think men sound like. I, I'm, I guess I said the same thing. They sound like what they claim to hate, what they claim to dislike, what they claim to not want to have to experience. So what kind of sense does it make that you're going to say the same type of thing that you claim that you don't like for other people to say? How are you going to perform? How are you going to act like that? Like, it's all good for you to say it, but not good for a man to say it, if men are truly saying that. But not just that, but why is it that, because I'm going to say like this, I think I've said this on other podcasts before, but as far as I'm concerned, feminism is not about equality. It's about superiority. Women trying to be superior to men. And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try to tread lightly on this, but what I would say is this. God made man first. He knew that whoever he made first, they would get the, uh, they would get the higher level of respect and whatnot. But beyond that, God made man out of the dust of the earth. 
And but the Bible also shows us that the name Ab, where we get father, it means father in Hebrew. Ab is the first word in the Hebrew language. First word. And it actually means father, but the root of it, Aleph and Beth, is where we get the term alphabet from. I've said this before in a previous podcast that y'all need to go check out. Y'all need to go check out my podcast about fathers. And um, the I think I called them, I think I called it something about the um, the foundation of the alphabet or something like that. I can't remember exactly how I said it. But the bottom line is this. Fathers are the foundation to the family. I will say that without uh, batting an eye and without, uh, I'm not going to back off of that. Fathers are, they are, um, they are the foundation of the family. And when you even think about it, like, when you think about it as, um, Let's see. When you think about the fact that they were taken out, man was taken out of the ground. Think about it. If man was taken out of the ground, then as a as someone that came out of the ground, that's the same as okay, when we talk about we look at uh we look at um how a house is built. And when we build a house, the foundation is the ground that we put the house into. That is the main foundation, the ground. The earth itself is the daggone foundation. But then after that, there's another foundation. That other foundation is what's laid within it with concrete. Sometimes they use rebar or um, stuff like that. They they tend to use rebar, and that's a metal bar that goes into the the um, concrete to strengthen the the concrete. The bottom line is this: that is symbolic of what the father is to the family. Bottom line, that is definitely something that you know. Um, that is definitely something that we can equate that to. We can equate the fact that God made man from the dust of the earth, the earth being the ground, which is the foundation of everything on this planet. There's not one thing on this planet that is, you know, um, there's not one thing on this planet that is not Sorry, I got a little distracted. There's only there's not one thing on this planet that does not have to be in the foundation. Everything grows out of the foundation. Everything is built within the foundation. That foundation is the first foundation. And if you look up the word uh, Aleph Beth Ab, which is father, it means first house. It could also mean strong house. It could also mean first ox or strong ox but the bottom line is this aleph is first and beth is house so you got the first one that is the strong 
house. And then you have Aleph also representing the ox. You know, it's strong. So the bottom line is this. Um, men are the foundation of everything. And God made them to be that. He made them first so that they would be the foundation. And everything and everyone came out of that foundation, period. When people talk about which came first, the chicken or the egg, in this situation, which came first, the man or the woman, it was the man. Then the woman came. So God had to surgically remove something out of Adam from his side, and then he formed woman out of that sensitive thing that came from the inside of him. So that's the thing that makes women and men different in that sense. Now, God said he created us. Um, in Christ, he said there's neither male nor female. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither barbarian or Scythian, Jew nor Greek. But we're all one in Christ. I'm saying all that to say this, that The price that men have had to pay throughout generations, throughout um, history, is a very strong price to pay for now what women and kids and some other men may even take for granted. Men built this world. That's the bottom line. I, I just got to be as real as possible. I'm just going to keep it 100. Men built this world. I'm not trying to, um, again, this is not to belittle anybody. This is just speaking on the facts. The facts are men built the world. And we all need to figure out what that means. So um, I just found what I called the. Uh, what I called this one podcast. Let me see. It's episode 119. And I called it the fathers, the alphabet of society. That is a that is a podcast that you need to check out. You definitely need to check out that podcast. That was a very good podcast. It was powerful. And for some reason, I'm just trying to make sure I'm, I'm uh, doing this correctly. So bottom line is, you know, um, just check that out. Check that check that podcast out. Um, for some reason, it didn't play right right here the way that I thought it was going to play. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why it did that. But for some reason, it's not showing up. 
like I thought it should. But the bottom line is this. Um, yeah, go check out. It's called Fathers, the Alphabet of Society. And that's, uh, it should be episode 119. But if you just go back, I mean, this is from like 2021 when I was talking about it. So you go back two years and you'll find it. Um, now, the one last thing I, I want to just say is that anything worth having is worth fighting for and worth waiting for. Um, and I'll say that that is within reason, of course. But the bottom line is this, that if it's something that's God-ordained, it is worth waiting for and it's worth fighting for. And so you have to know within yourself whether that thing that you're fighting for or waiting for is really worth it or not. That's something that you have to determine with God. And he will help you to really, you know, notice or know whether that's something that you should treat a certain way or not. Here's the point that there's a price to be paid for everything that you desire. Everything you desire requires a price. And the price is different depending on how deep the thing goes or how strong the thing is or how significant the thing is or could be in your life. So you have to take all those kind of things into consideration when you're looking at whether you should or should not have a certain thing and or whether you want to pay the price that it takes to get it. We have to all determine in our heart. You know, I, the Bible says it like this. He said, no man builds a house without first considering the cost. You have to consider the cost before you build. Because you can't start something, start a project with a little bit of money, and then about a week into it, you can't build anything else because you don't have any more money left. When you think about building something, you have to know that you have the money to build it. Now, obviously, if it's something that God is telling you to do, then you have the faith to do it, even if you don't have all the money right at that moment to do it. So you got to just move forward, knowing that God is looking out for you. And he's saying, hey, this is this is what I want you to do. This is what I've called you to do. And there will be provision for that vision. So. With that being said, you know, um, I just want to say thank you again for listening to New Numa Godcast. Before you go, make sure, again, you subscribe to the channel, that you like the video if you're on YouTube, and also um, that you share the video. You know, the more this is shared, the more it's liked, the more that people listen the more that the channel grows and the more that the word gets out there about what I'm doing here at New Numa Godcast. I'm doing a great work here. Um, it's a God-ordained work, and all I need is to have your continued support. And if you're able to, financially will also help as well. You can do it through Cash App at New Numa. That's dollar sign, New Numa. You know how to spell it, right? P-N-E-U-P-N-E-U-M-A. And um, and then also, you know, whatever other way the Lord puts on your heart to bless, to bless this channel, to bless this uh, 
this podcast. I would appreciate it. I definitely do appreciate it. And, you know, again, share it with your friends, family, you know what I'm saying? Share the profile with them or the, the podcast with them so that they'll come and subscribe as well or whatever. And they can also be blessed just like you are. Once again, you've been listening to New Numa Godcast. I'm your host, Norman Brown, a.k.a. The Professor. Thank you again for listening. Make sure you return. Peace.